Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. We have a fantastic show for you today. Get ready to discover smart ways to win back lost customers and find new revenue as our guest, Dan Fister, coaches us. This is going to be incredibly powerful. Special shout out to our sponsor. If you have a sales role or have a sales team at your company, you're going to want to know about the 2022 Trust Building Challenge. Uh, this is going to be amazing. From September 12th through 16th, that is next week. If you're listening when this podcast comes out, we will be coached by some of the world's leading experts on how to build trust in the sales process with our prospects and our clients. Look, who can't benefit from more trust? We all can. So to learn more and to register, simply go to www.trustbuildingchallenge.com. You can come live each day at 12 Eastern, 9 Pacific, or just register and get the recordings. Either way, www.trustbuildingchallenge.com. I can't wait to see you there with my co-host, Larry Levine. Well, if you need more revenue, and who doesn't? Our guest, Dan Fister, is the founder of Winback Labs. Dan believes there is gold buried in your lost customers. Winning Back Lost Customers offers a tremendous opportunity to scale revenue and do it at a very low cost. Did you know that the average customer win back campaign generates $485,000 and costs less than $5,000 to execute? That's amazing. And our guest today, Dan Fister, is going to tell us all about it. Dan, what's going on? It's great to have you here at the Revenue Growth Podcast. I'm thrilled to be here, Daryl. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> That's good. It's good to have a fellow Canadian uh, to have a conversation with as well. But win back. These are some amazing numbers when it comes to revenue. Talk about low hanging fruit. What are you seeing out there when it comes back comes to reactivating and winning back lost customers? Well, you know it's it's funny. When I first, I used to think that I was doing win back. Um, I have another company. And we generated about 50,000 customers. And, and we had this horrific year in 2016 where we just lost just huge numbers. We were just bleeding revenue. Mm. And whenever we lost a customer, um, what I would do is I would reach out three times. And if they didn't come back, I figured that they were gone. You know, I just basically did what was, net, what was needed. And so I did this campaign in 2016. And I, you know, I wasn't optimistic at all because I thought we had picked all the low-hanging fruit right you know? and uh, so I uh, we I launched it and I got a 57x ROI right out of the gate I mean Whoa. I've been doing win I've been doing marketing for a couple of decades you know and I spent thousands of hours trying different things and this I had never made this much money this fast with so little effort it was crazy so anyway I became kind of like uh, enamored by it and for the next four years we kept like optimizing and optimizing it and and so that's why I started Winback Labs because this is like 
nobody's talking about this, or at least nobody that I've seen is talking about this. And um, so I did a study also because I wanted to validate that my experience was the experience of the market in general of people who uh, uh, who do win back. And we can talk about that later if uh, if there's time. Mm-hmm. If there's time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is interesting because I think uh, what you said is is the experience of myself and many marketing professionals is and sales as well. We've got a great mixed audience of sales and marketing working to be aligned to drive growth here. You know, when you lose a customer, you kind of, you know, I mean, you send out maybe a couple emails and you've got a little mm-hmm. campaign. And if you're in sales, you kind of, you know, you do what you do in sales. You shed a tear for about 30 seconds <laughs> and then go, all right, let's get the next one. Right. Let's go. Exactly. Uh, and a lot of times I think these um, these lost accounts uh, end up just kind of bye bye. We'll see you later. Why do you think that? Why do you think that we've taken that approach? to lost customers i kind of think it's cultural you Mm. know um we've got uh we reward you know when a company first starts every company that first starts it's all about acquisition right i think that that kind of gets uh implanted into the uh into the culture of the company and and then you know when you take a look at you know if you like zoom up like thirty thousand feet like if a ceo wants to go out and get funding you know standing in front of some pe people or some vc people it's they want to they want to know how many you know net new logos did you get last quarter that's right and so that and so if that becomes like one of the key uh metrics for for a vc company becomes key metric for the for the uh ceo which means it's going to become a key metric for the cro and uh, it's also a hell of a lot more fun going after new business. I mean, that's fun. That's exciting, sure. right? Yeah. And and ring the I, bell, slap the high five. I mean, it's it's a big deal. We need it. Yeah. And but, yeah. But there's so much money in these lost customers. It's crazy. And and you know, there's so many reasons why people will come back, even if they were. You know, even if they left for a, even if they were upset with you. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we could talk about that if if you wish. But there's sure. Would you like to talk about that for one second? Yeah, well, that's a great question. So if you think about why people leave, maybe this is a great, great way to begin unpacking this. I don't know if this is a question that we ask often enough, but when you think about this from your perspective and your experience, what are some of the high level reasons that that people leave? Well, um, people can leave like basically on good terms or on bad terms, right? So mm-hmm. if they leave on good terms, maybe a competitor uh you know, offered something really exciting and they, they got taken away. Uh, maybe they, they were, um, they just, they got bored with what they had. They want to try something new. They thought maybe the grass was greener on the other side of the fence. And so um, those type of people, um, you often find that if you can check in in three months, you know, four months after the honeymoon period is over with the new vendor, you'll mm-hmm. often, they'll, you'll often find that they were actually happier with you but they won't reach out to you. You've got to reach out to them because they unplugged and they might feel guilty. So you've got to make it very easy. So that's one group. And there's the other group of the people who left on, on bad terms. You know, maybe they felt uh, unappreciated. Maybe they had a, an issue with your product or maybe they had a problem with customer service. And the really, really interesting thing here is that, and this is what really turned me around, is that relationships can actually be strengthened through adversity. You know, if, if you've, if you've got a problem with somebody and you reach out with empathy and uh, you actually really try to, you do what you can to fix the problem and you fix the problem, 
you'll find that you've created this this bond because on some human level you've been we've been through a little bit of a trial and a tribulation together mm-hmm. and um, there was a study that marriott hotels did um, and what they wanted to do is they wanted to know how big of a deal was it to fix a problem so what they did was they uh, they what they found was that the chances of a person coming back there's an 89 percent probability somebody would come back if they had a good stay and if they had a bad stay the chances of them coming back were only 69 percent however if they had a bad stay i'm sorry if they had a problem and that problem was fixed the chances of them coming back were 94%, 5% better. So there's, you know, there's a lot of data. There's some data out there that, that kind of validates this point. But, but I tell you, you know, some of our most loyal customers are the ones who we had problems with. We showed them that we did care and we worked through things with them. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly powerful. And so when you think about, um, you know, in your experience, someone that says, okay, you know, my eyes are opened this, we've got a lot of, uh, of customers that have left over the last X number of years. Where do you begin, uh, when it comes to thinking about putting together a win back campaign? Well, the, you know, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to understand why people left. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's number one. And then you've got to get a good understanding of what it'll take to win them back. And, how can you up that so that when you do win them back, you'll keep them for the long term? And mm-hmm. so, so it starts with that kind of research. Um, and then, you know, of course, after you do that research, uh, you might find that you've got two or three different segments. So you've got like one group of people who um, are, are really ready to come back. You might have another group that's a very high value group. You know, so you're going to want to you'll message them maybe a little bit differently. Uh, you might message people based on on why they left. There's all kinds of criteria. But the bottom line is you've got to first you've got to understand why they left and what it'll take to win them back. Yeah. And I think that that probably begins with actually asking people when they leave, why did you leave? Right. Yeah. Why? What to, to follow up and, and really figure that out so you can do that. And I, I'm assuming as well, um, having some some surveys, some exit interviews, some conversations to do. How are you seeing people, you know, how are you seeing people do that research to, to get feedback? Yeah. The, uh, the exit interviews are, are just critical and they aren't done. You shouldn't do them just to try to win the customer back. The, mm-hmm. the idea is you want to keep the door open so that you can reach out back to them like in three or four months time after that honeymoon period is mm-hmm. over. Um, so, so that, that's one big thing. The other thing is you want them to, this is a really great side benefit of, of the exit interview, is you want to hear their story, especially if it's a bad story. You want to, you want to understand why they left. You want, to, you want them to tell you their story. You don't want them to go on to G2 or, right. you know, because when yeah. is somebody most upset, right? It's the minute like, okay. These guys, they screwed up for the last time. I'm not, I'm, I'm gone. I'm, I'm upset. And so I'm going to go on to LinkedIn. I'm going to tell everybody about this. I'm going to go on to Facebook. But if you can reach out and say, listen, um, we screwed up. We yeah. want to do better. We'd like to understand what we did. And if we can fix the problem, let's, let's do it. Um, and that just mitigates so much negative word of mouth and, you know, negative mm-hmm. word of mouth, like, you know, one piece of negative word of mouth has a tremendous impact, especially, uh, you know, with how competitive things are right now. 
So the exit interview is critically important. Um, you know, there's sometimes people, like if you've got a ton of customers, like uh, a, lo a lot of lower uh, value customers, I mean, all customers are high value, but I mean, mm -hmm. ones that have, you know, uh, you know, lower lifetime value, mm -hmm. uh, you might want to reach out and uh, give them, um, like people don't want to say you screwed up. Okay. Like if you get, if you go and you get a third party to do this, fantastic. But if you don't, if you do this yourself, what you can do is you can send out a survey and you can say, these are like five of the common reasons why you may have left. Mm -hmm. And what that does is now they're not saying anything bad. We're just grabbing something from a choice. So it's much more easy for them to give us a, a, an honest opinion or an honest answer. And that's what we're looking for. We, it's critical that we get this, these true answers. Because, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful though, because you make it easy uh, for someone to say, yeah, this, this is why I left. And you also make it easy at this point to categorize those people. So they're now in your marketing automation system or CRM. Yep with the right category for your follow-up, which is, is powerful. Um, you mentioned the three or four months for the honeymoon period. And it makes me think of, uh, of one of our, our previous guests and one of my favorite authors, Joey Coleman, who wrote never lose a customer again. Right. Joey always, you know, his research shows that uh, what we do here stateside with our presidents is exactly true for all of our client, every customer with a vendor. And that's that 100 days. You got to, a hundred days to prove yourself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and as we're looking at that, there is a honeymoon period. And it's interesting, Dan, as, as I go around and do revenue growth workshops with companies, one of the dirty little secrets of many companies is they don't really have a compelling onboarding process. Mm. Not, you know, it's, it's, really um, surprisingly common that companies will take a new order the sales rep is back in the sales bullpen, slapping high fives, celebrating. They're at 11 out of 10. But the customer now, this new client that's come on board is getting that buyer's remorse. And now things are sliding. They're going from an eight down to a seven over the weekend. They're now at a four thinking, what if I don't hear you know, from this? What if it goes wrong? So there really is uh, you know, a lot of bad honeymoons out there when it comes to new business relationships. And so it's interesting uh, that you say, well, we'll pause and wait for three or four months. That seems to be about a hundred days mm -hmm. um, that you don't want to try to do that during the honeymoon, but you want to be there waiting on the other side uh, for the outcome. If someone yep. really doesn't take good care of them. And I'm curious, um, I'm just seeing light bulb moments here, Dan, as I'm rambling about this, but, but this is like a huge aha moment in that most companies don't do, not every company does a good onboarding mm -hmm. and you should be there waiting when that onboarding process is over. How do you let them off the hook gracefully? Cause I know as a decision maker, you make a decision, you're invested in it personally. Um, and then it doesn't go well. You know, just like someone may not want to say they why they were leaving. Do you find that decision makers don't really want to admit they made a bad decision in switching? Like, is there some psychology at work here in this uh, bad honeymoon phase over period? Oh yeah, there's there's all kinds of things like that. You know, they not only do they not want to admit or uh, that they made a mistake, they don't want to look bad in front of their uh, their peers. Right. You know, uh, there's political capital at stake. I mean, mm -hmm. there's there's so much here. 
And this is why you've got to kind of sit on the side of the customer. You've got to say, listen, we understand. We you got to show empathy and everything else. And you've got to really put yourself in their shoes so that when you come back with that value, you're delivering so much more value than you did before because you've got to, you've got to make, you know, they invested a lot in that move, yeah. not just in political capital, in, in, in time and, and, and resources. So you've got to make that, uh, you know, you've got to deliver that much more value than you did, than you probably did before. And what's really, really exciting about that is that when you have to raise the bar about how much value you deliver, at when, when you can hit it so high that you'll actually win customers back and you can, mm -hmm. you take those and you apply those to your current retention protocols and your current customers. And what you do is you've just upped your retention rate. Beautiful. It's crazy, you know, and it's not only that, I mean, I could talk for hours about this, but there's so many holes in our sales bucket that we don't see. Mm. And, and when you ask people why they leave and then you actually find something good enough that it plugs that hole. I mean, there's, there's one gentleman I was talking to, he, they increased their retention rate from something like 80% to 97% just because they were missing something huge. And this was a, you know, mid, mid market company. It wasn't, uh -huh. there weren't a bunch of dopes in there. These, these were serious people, but yeah, but, um, but yeah, you need to, you need to offer a, a ton and, you know, there's a lot of customers you just can't win back. Okay. Like sure. what, what we found is you can win back on average with a really good campaign. You can win back 20% of your people on average. Okay. Um, I've seen it go up way up to, you know, uh, north of 70. And it's also, there's a lot south of 10, you know, so if there is a little, a lot of political capital on the road, there's there, uh, and there's a, you know, high cost of switching. Uh, they made a very considered decision to leave you. Mm -hmm. You know, but um, but there's still there's 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 if there if the if the deal is that big if the you know the, uh, the the revenue behind that is so big it's worth making the effort. Absolutely. Well, and if you look at the math and you go, okay, well, if we took ten percent, twenty percent of our lost customers and we're able to reactivate them, you know, what would that number look like? And simultaneously, if we were able to boost our retention rates, in addition to that, I mean, these are these are. They don't sound super dramatic on the surface, but you start to run the numbers on that and you go, this is actually really meaningful, especially given how low hanging this fruit is. You already know who the people are. You already have a relationship with them. Uh, so let's talk about um, what works when it comes to to reactivating. Like, how do you how do you approach what's going through your mind as you're thinking about putting together a campaign for reactivation for one of your clients? Well, you know, one of the amazing things about WinBack is that the, the win rate is really high. Like it's five times better than it is for new customers. Yeah. Okay. So, so when you're putting together a campaign, what you've already got is you've already seen inside the, the, their business, right? You, mm -hmm. your, your, your people have talked to their people, your customer success people have got a really good understanding of like, uh, you know, what's important to them, what they want to achieve, um, your, uh, you know, who the decision makers are, you know, when the buying window opens. So, you know, all, so you've got all this background information. So you can, you've got a lot that you can create a really compelling offer with, right? But what's even more exciting is about one in three will actually tell you exactly what it takes to win their business back. Hmm. And this 
is where the gold lies. This is where, this is why you start with customers who you've got a good relationship with, where you've got some really good contacts some good champions. And they'll tell you, um, the, there's a lady who uh, was kind of like the uh, original Winback person. She wrote a book back in 1998. And she talked about, uh, about doing this. She had this account that she couldn't lose, couldn't afford to lose, this big Honda account. And she had her ace sales rep go out, ask them, what will it take to win your business back? And they had a massive number of competitors. Mm-hmm. And they went and they, they already had relationships. They had trust, right? Because they had done business before. And they had all this knowledge that you know, we, we, we were just talking about. So you put all those three things together. Three months later, she came up with a plan. They won the business back. Mm. And this was a fiercely competitive market. But because they had trust, they had relationships, and they had knowledge, they were able to win. And the really cool thing is they weren't competing against all the other customers. They were just competing against the incumbent, right? You mm. only had to beat one person. Now, you didn't have to beat. They didn't go putting it out to bid because they had those relationships. And if they could work again with Jill, they wanted to do that. So... I hope I didn't sidestep your question. I was trying to make it. Uh, no, not at all. This now. is, you know, this is, um, and I think that fundamental question is simply for our sales folks listening in, uh, you know, that question a hundred days after a lost account uh, to circle back after the honeymoon period, what, you know, what would it take to win your business back is that right there in and of itself is a, a decent start. Yep. Um, you know, if you just if you just put that in your CRM and said, let's just go begin talking to people after their honeymoon period um, and see, uh, you know, you might be surprised at what you start to learn. Um, what else are you thinking as you're putting together a, uh, a campaign? Like what's going through your mind when you're when you're thinking about how, how do we approach these folks? Well, you know, first we want to know who we're approaching, right? So mm-hmm. we we have to segment our people. So what we'll do is we'll go through everybody and we'll mm-hmm. say, okay, these are people we would like to win back. These are very, these are in our, you know, our sweet spot. These are most profitable customers. These are the ones where we really want to focus on. Um, then you've got other people who've got um, a really high lifetime value and you're going to want to take a look at those two. So you're going to take a look at these groups. You're going to say, which one, do we have the best shot at winning back? Where do we yeah. where do we have the best relationships and such? And and then we'll just we'll 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 do this internally, right? We'll go through all the people who've had uh, who've touched the client, and we'll ask them what they think. And then we'll go to the client, and we'll you know we should be fairly informed with what we think they might want, but we don't say that. We ask them what they would like, mm-hmm. and then we work from there. So we try to work from as much knowledge as we can, and. I just want to say one other thing is that if you're if you didn't lose a customer because something bad happened because a, a project just ended, mm-hmm. um, what you would do is you would find a group of customers or, or clients that you did the same basic kind of work for. Then you'd create something that would be a natural follow-on to that, mm-hmm. and then you would pitch that. And the the key to making that work is you've got to tell a story about that because they've already mm. pigeonholed you into this is the kind of work you do. Right. Yeah. So the way of, of, of expanding that is by um, by telling stories and, and creating one case study. So anyway, just a little side note on yeah, that. Yeah, great tip. That's great. Well, I love all this. And um, this is, to me, this is a, a relatively unthought of category 
with incredible upside potential for for companies. Um, what else would you say to to people who are listening in, going, "Wow, this is really really smart"? Um, you know what what else would you say when it comes to uh, thinking about win back for for an organization that's never thought about it before? I would say, you know, think about the highest and best use of your time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, where where can you get the highest win rate? Uh, you know, where can you get the shortest sales cycle? Where can you get, you know, uh, the, the biggest deal size? Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm stacking this to, to win back. And I'll just tell you why. Win rates, five times better. Sales cycle, 70% shorter, right? You've already been through everything before, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, take a look at the cost of acquisition. You've already paid the price of acquisition. Your, your leads are free. They're sitting in your CRM. So, mm-hmm. so what, is, what does that do? When you've got that kind of a low CAC, <laughs> what, does, what does that do? So much of, so much of that profit is going to fall to the bottom line. So what I would say is, of course, don't ignore your you know, new, new customer acquisition don't stop doing upselling or cross-selling. Those are all crazy important. But take maybe every Friday morning, go through your lost customers and and reach out to them. Reach you know, segment them out. Take a look at the ones you think you've got the best chance of winning back, where you could deliver some real value, and reach out to them every once in a while. Um, find stories uh, of other client success that you've got that are people like them. You know. Just nurture, nurture, nurture until you've got something you think strong enough uh, to, to, to bring to them. But the, the key here is what's the highest and best use of your time? And with these kind of win rates and, and sales cycles, I think that if you look at win back objectively, you'll think that this is something, you know, worth considering, you know. Phenomenal. What a great conversation, Dan. How can people learn more about win back? Um, if you go to winbacklabs.com, we've got a blog. Uh, we've got a lot of interesting articles there. Um, if you want to see how your peers are making money on Winback, uh, go to the uh, the Winback Marketing Podcast. We've got some fantastic guests on there, and um, I, I, I post a lot on LinkedIn. And they're they're they're, they're long posts, but uh, you know, read five or six of those. Uh, Dan M. Fister, and uh, there's a lot to this. You know, and um, it, I really believe it's the lowest hanging fruit in the business. At least it was for me. And so I hope your uh, hope your listeners check it out. Awesome, Dan. Well, we appreciate it. We'll put all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for investing in us today. This has been a phenomenal conversation. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Daryl. Really appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. And thank you to everybody in the Revenue Growth Podcast audience. It is so powerful to see everybody out there moving towards driving revenue growth, sales, marketing, and operations working together. If you want some tips on how to do that, grab a copy of the Revenue Growth Engine book. Just head over to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book, and we'll send you an autographed copy if you'll chip in for shipping and handling. That's revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. And if you are a sales professional or you know one, make sure they show up at the 2022 Trust building challenge five days of incredible coaching from some of the world's foremost thought leaders around building trust during the sales process you're absolutely going to love this it's at 12 noon eastern time every day from uh september 12th through 16th that's www.trustbuildingchallenge.com www.trustbuildingchallenge.com thank you to everybody who's liking leaving reviews on the platform on which you consume this podcast. We appreciate your reviews. 
We appreciate your feedback. It helps us spread the word. We've got some exciting episodes coming up, so make sure to like or subscribe, and you will be in the loop with all the freshest ideas for growing revenue. Thank you to everyone out there. If you're in sales, if you're in marketing, if you're an entrepreneur or executive, we're all moving in the same direction. And so until next time, let's get going and let's get growing. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.